Today's guest is Tyler Riddle, CEO of MRS Home Care, a Georgia-based full-line home medical equipment provider. Riddle joins HME News in 10 to talk about why the needle is finally moving in Washington, D.C. on the importance and benefits of HME and how the 22-year-old staffers working in congressional offices rule this country. Come for the lobbying advice? Stay for the Dax Shepard and Cohen Brothers references. I'm Liz Bollier. And I'm Teresa Flaherty. And this is HME News in 10 from HME News. This episode of HME News in 10 is sponsored by the HME News Business Summit, September 18th to the 20th at the Westin in Nashville. The summit is the place to be for HME leaders who are serious about their businesses. We combine high-level business education with ample networking opportunities to allow business leaders to form partnerships, find solutions, and strategize for success. To view the program and register, visit hmesummit.com. Hi, Tyler. Welcome to HME News in 10. Hi. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to be uh, be talking to you. We appreciate you making the time. First, let's set the stage a little bit. Tell us about MRS Home Care. Is the company a full-line provider, and what geographic areas does it serve? So I am the second generation owner of MRS Home Care. My dad started MRS back in 1980, 79 or 80, depending on who you ask. But um, I've been a show here for probably about a decade now, and we are a full service provider. We do home oxygen, we do sleep, we do traditional bent aluminum DME, uh, complex rehab, we do non-invasive ventilation, really the entire gamut of what can be done in the home medical equipment world. And MRS has 12 locations in Georgia. We cover not the entire state. Georgia is a pretty big place. And then, of course, the metro Atlanta area is, is a giant monster. So we cover about three quarters of the state of Georgia. Great. So a mix of metro and, and rural areas in there. Yes, with the with the vast majority of our locations falling in rural areas. Got it. Got it. So we could have a whole podcast where we talk about this. Talk about a little bit what's it like to be an HME provider right now and how does serving more of those rural areas increase the challenges? Oh, man. So, yeah, what's it like to be an HME provider right now? Uh, wow. Um, it's uh, it's exciting, and, you know, that's the thing. So I, I started in this business in 2007, and so I never, I, I've never seen stability in our industry in my entire career. So it's more of the same. It's more, you know, I, I always joke with people and say that if you if you ever have the opportunity in another industry to hire someone that's worked in HME, they're probably going to be the best employee you've ever had because they're highly adaptable. You know, as, as the listeners know, things change in this industry and they're constantly, constantly challenges that we face. And, and right now is no different. Coming out of COVID has been exciting. We're, the supply chain issues that we were facing have started working themselves out a little bit, but we're barreling headlong into what appears to be recession. Inflation is a thing now that we're having to deal with. 
we're still very much dealing with the with the issue with the CPAP recall from Phillips. And, you know, just another day in the beautiful world that is HME, DME. Uh, with, with us, especially in rural areas, fuel prices are affecting what we do right now. We've seen our gas bill just about double. And we've got, you know, with 12 locations, we've got quite a few, few vehicles in our fleet. In, with, with rural, you know, we're, we're driving longer distances to make deliveries. We're, we're seeing customers who live a lot further out than, uh, than some of our, our colleagues in more urban areas may see. So fuel is definitely an issue that we're, that we're taking pretty seriously, but we, we haven't figured out how to, how to stop it. You know, we're having to crank the vans up. We're, we're having to be a little more aware of, of what constitutes a, a trip to a patient's home these days and, and how best to manage our resources. So, yeah, it's, it's a delight. It's, it's been great. That's a, that's a good answer, Tyler. You know, I've been covering the industry for as long as you've been running this company and been involved in the company. And, you know, there is always something, you know, challenging. So it's sort of like in, in that regard, it's the status quo. I mean, I think the past it couple really of is. years – yeah, it's been a layer of cha- different challenges, so maybe a little more overwhelming, but I think that's that's a really good point. I'm what's considered an elder millennial, and so memes are always a great way to get points across, um, and, and I love them. I think they're fascinating, but uh, the, the meme that jumps out to me is uh, it's from the Coen Brothers short film, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, um, mm-hmm. that I don't know if you're familiar or not, but uh, it's, I have uh, seen it. it's yep. he's, you know, he's standing on the gallows and he has the noose around his neck and he's looking over at the guy next to him and they're both about to be hung. And he looks at him and goes, first time. And for <laughs> us, it's like, you know, everything that comes up, I just look at people and, you know, first time this, oh, there's a <laughs> pandemic, out of control inflation. Oh, there's a new regulation that's keeping you from doing, oh, you're having reimbursement issues. Like, HME is just a constant state of challenge, and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it very satisfying. I mean, we we can we can surmount anything uh, in this yeah. industry. It's really great. So, if challenge is sort of the status quo, Tyler, why you were in D.C. recently? I think this month to visit congressional offices. Why did you make that kind of you know that kind of effort right now? What was your top talking point, and and why did you make the trip? So I, I, I'm glad you asked that because this is something that I am very passionate about is this advocacy for our industry and, and for what we do. And this particular trip to D.C. was focusing on sustainable Medicare reimbursement for what we do. We all know and. You know, I, I don't know what the, the viewership or the listenership of this podcast is outside of the HME industry. I can imagine, no offense, it's outside of folks <laughs> that are in the industry. Not as, it's not a very, you know, you're not up there with uh, like Dax Shepard. But for those of you who aren't aware, we are currently operating under Medicare reimbursement that was set via competitive bidding, which was a process that basically set these really, really terrible rates for what we do. And with that, CMS has even acknowledged that the program was unsustainable and therefore by proxy that the rates that were being paid are unsustainable. 
yet they do nothing to address that as we come into 2022 post-pandemic or even still in the pandemic, interfacing things like supply chain issues, you know, labor shortages as a result of people exiting the job market, inflation, cost of goods. I mean, all of these things are negatively affecting, as a business owner, our bottom line. And the one thing we cannot control and the one thing we cannot pass on to the consumer are these increases based on Medicare rates. So CMS has got to do something about this. And so this trip to D.C. was really to talk to Georgia congressmen and women about what they can do to help us in the industry right now. And even if even if they're not willing to directly, you know, co-sponsor a bill or, or sign on or but just to make them aware that this is going on and these are pain points that we're feeling and, uh, you know, reach out to the folks at CMS and ask for some accountability in why we're using outdated rates to pay for something in, in 2022. Of course, we talked other things. We talked about, you know, semiconductors and talked about the recall, the Phillips recall and uh, just other challenges, cost of fuel things. But the, the main thing was, we got to do something about Medicare reimbursement for HME or the, you know, however many providers are left are not going to be here as soon as this PHE is over. Right, right. How did the visits go? I know in the wake of the visits, you did get at least one congressperson to sign on to HR six six four one. Tell me how things went and how it feels to kind of move the needle needle like that. You know, I feel like the visits went really well. The educating the folks in these congressional offices are is really the biggest thing for for me, and I think the the strongest thing we can do from an advocacy standpoint is is just help them understand what these issues are. Because you know, if you don't live in our world, you don't understand what any of this stuff is. You know, we use you know, like any other industry, we use lots of jargon, and we have things that when I say competitive bidding or PHE or CMN, you know, it, that makes sense to those of us in the DME world, but to a to a congressional staffer, that means nothing. So just the education piece, I feel went really well. I heard a lot of positive things about our industry, and that's really exciting because for years, the response to our industry on Capitol Hill has been, oh, y'all are the guys from the scooter store that's out, you know, bilking mm-hmm. Medicare for billions of dollars selling scooters on late night TV. Oh, y'all are the industry that's full of fraud and abuse, blah, blah, blah. That needle has started to move. And so that's been a really positive thing. It doesn't hurt that one of the congressmen that I was there to see was actually a customer of mine during the pandemic when he contracted COVID-19 and was sent home from the hospital on home oxygen. So, you know, I think really in a powerful time in our industry for advocacy because the the importance of what we did during COVID is is right on the tips of everybody's tongue. Everybody can really viscerally remember, you know, all of the things that happened in 2020 and even to some degree in 2021. And to be able to look at them and say, hey, you know, we're responsible for the hospitals not being overrun. We're responsible for folks not having to be admitted and being able to go home on home oxygen while this was going on. That's a pretty powerful piece and one that they're very aware of right now. So I I was very excited about that. Yes, Congressman Sanford Bishop, 
down in South Georgia. He immediately signed on to 6641. I did have an opportunity to stop by Mark Wayne Mulvaney's office, who is one of the co-authors of 6641, just stuck my head in, talked to his Healthcare LA, thanked them for, you know, for writing that bill and, and, and helping champion our industry. And they were kind of tickled that I would stop in. They were like, man, nobody's ever stopped in and thanked us for writing the bill before, especially somebody that's not from our state. Uh, mm. So that was cool to meet the folks in his office and, and, and get to meet his staff. But I think it was a, I think it was a pretty positive trip. I, I felt very motivated leaving D.C. That, that folks are paying attention. So I think it's a great time to talk advocacy and talk about how, as providers, we need to be doing more of this. As you mentioned, Tyler, you're a regular on the Hill. It's not your first time making the trip. But how are visits kind of different during, I mean, I guess we're still in a pandemic, even yeah. though, you know, things are different now. But what are some tricks for making, you know, these kinds of visits more effective in this current environment? You know, so this this is my first time back to D.C. since 2019. And so, you know, 2020, I think the whole place was essentially shut down. 21, you know, again, I, I think it was it was a tougher environment. The, the biggest challenge that I noticed this time was actually getting in the buildings. Like, uh, you know, all of the congressional office buildings and the Senate office buildings, I mean, those are essentially public areas. I mean, you can, you can walk in off the street, you go through security and there's literally a directory of, of congressional offices and the Senate building Senate offices. In years past, you could literally just walk in and walk the halls and knock on doors and go in. You can still do that, but you have to get into the building first. So dealing with your member of Congress is kind of the, the most important first step of this. Um, and setting up an appointment and, and letting them know what you're doing and saying, hey, I'm going to be in D.C. for these dates. I'd love to meet with congressman, congresswoman, so-and-so, but I'd also like to get in and see some other folks while I'm there. Do you mind sending a staffer down to let me in so that I can go and, and do that? And they're incredibly receptive to this. So they, they absolutely will let you in, and having that relationship with your member of Congress is pretty important. Austin Scott is my member of Congress from in my hometown. Now, we've got several that cover the MRS home care footprint, but Alston is, is my congressman, and his staff, I mean, we arranged all of this beforehand. His staff let me use their office as a base of operations, you know, hmm. uh, essentially use their office to make calls and, and do all of the scheduling with the other offices. So that was a really powerful piece. To, to getting some of these meetings with these other members of Congress. That makes sense. So start with the, the representative in your district and friend. kind of spider out from the, there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and really get in the building and, and you know, learn, learn the tunnel system underneath, uh, spend some time in the Longworth cafeteria downstairs, and, you know, you, you, will, you will figure this out. I mean, the, the main thing is to treat – these visits, they're essentially a sales call, and and it's all of us in our businesses, you know, whether it's whether you 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 know it or not, you're the ultimate salesperson for your business. That's really what this is: is a sales call on behalf of the entire industry, and it kind of goes back to this idea of why I believe in-person advocacy is so important. 
Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us today, Tyler. Yeah, anytime. And, you know, if anybody that's out there listening has any questions and wants to follow up with this, you want me to give you a quick and dirty on how to how to talk to your congressperson or, you know, what's important about meeting the 22-year-olds that run this country and run the offices of these <laughs> of, of members of Congress, then uh, I'm happy to talk that talk. Liz, feel free to share my, you know, contact information with anybody that reaches out. But thanks for having me. Thanks for all that you guys do, you in particular, but everybody else in, in the industry for, uh, for, for highlighting this. I, I'm grateful to be on here and grateful that, uh, that there's others out there, independent, still willing to do this work. And that's HME News and 10.